the best i need the finest even better than that i need the world's finest ladies and gentlemen you're listening to the vigilante 1939 podcast we are part of the let's go podcast network pop culture without the pop my name is nick zanuck and tonight yet again i i know i mean it's like there's so much trouble in gotham city so much trouble in bloodhaven but now now there's there's help needed in central city so my other two co-hosts, Nico Caruso and his father, Nicholas Caruso Jr., are out helping the uh, the JL do their thing. So they left they left me alone here, but I'm not really ever alone, am I? So thankfully, Chris Evans from the Let's Go podcast is joining me yet again. Chris, how are you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing fantastic. Not now that you're here with me, and I, I don't have to do uh, this show solo. So <laughs> it's good to hear. It is, it is, because, you know, I mean, to do a world's finest show without the other half, you know, that that's seems a bit odd, don't you, don't you think, Chris? I don't think that'd be too fun. It just, you know, it'd probably be fine, not the finest, not the world's finest, definitely, just fine. Ah, Zinger, <laughs> he's starting already, everybody, he's starting already, so, but, Chris, as, uh, as we've been doing, we're five episodes in, I believe this is our fifth episode of world's finest that we've been doing, mm-hmm. uh, it's been trucking along chris we are trucking along here so if you've been joining us you know that we are we're reviewing batwoman season two and season one of superman and lois and as always we always start off with a batman character hensing world's finest so we always like to begin with batwoman and we had batwoman season two episode eight chris episode eight we've come a long way Come a long way. And what I'm going to do is just for audio purposes, I'm actually going to read what the synopsis of this week's episode is to kind of get everybody up to speed here and kind of helps us as well. So the synopsis is Batwoman's abilities are tested like never before. While Alice's search for Kate continues, Sophie and Jacob set their sights on Coriano. Luke and Mary contend with an unexpected guest. So Chris, I'm going to, kick this one off to you because we both had a very interesting uh, response to last week's episode of Batwoman. So I'm going to have you kick, kick off with uh, what your thoughts were on this week's episode of Batwoman. And we're obviously going to touch on what the big news is a little later on. I like the big news, but we'll get to that. Um, as far as this week's episode goes, the bar was set so incredibly low. I'm pretty sure they could have put Jacob Kane in a bat suit and called him Bat Dude, and I would have been fine. But as is, <laughs> this episode uh, was definitely an improvement. It was uh, better. They did some good things. They did some bad things. But overall, I was a lot happier with this episode and where it took us. And uh, I mean, we'll touch some more on the lows later. What were your highs for it? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. This episode was like an improvement from last week. The tone was a little bit all over the place for me on this one, Chris. Yeah. Uh, but some of my highs were obviously like I still think Javicia Leslie is doing a great job with what she's been given. I know the writing's been hit or miss with her lately, but I, I really have been kind of coming along with her uh, in this role. But my highs are this in this episode were just um, – I guess Alice, who's been like a consistent high for me, uh, just watching her. But other than other than that, it was a little bit. It was more like the mystery that kind of shocked everybody. That kind of took everybody by by surprise. Chris, the mystery of the Batwoman. You mean? Oh, zinger! <laughs> wow, Chris, you're on a roll tonight, man. You're just... I, I may have written these down on my hand. 
Oh, okay. I may have. Even though I have a computer in front of me, I think I've had a write on my hand. So I remember the notes. Nice. Uh, nice. But I agree about the tone. Like some stuff was goofy, like just goofy. Mm-hmm. And out of place, out of context, I just didn't enjoy that, that stuff. Um, you mentioned Javicia Leslie making the best of each script. Well, I agree. These last two episodes, I don't see it. For me, yeah. mm-hmm. I think she's she's been great, but it feels like she's really struggling to make this material work. She's yeah. still likable. I still enjoy her, but you can tell it's. I, I think it's starting to wear a little bit. <laughs> it's wearing thin a little bit. But um, yeah, the, the tone was really stood out. I think mm-hmm. really did, especially like in the. By the way, spo- spoilers for everybody. <laughs> yeah, this will be spoilers, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> the cargo plane thing. I didn't feel like I was watching Batwoman. I don't know what I was watching, but that wasn't Batwoman. And then yeah. there was the YouTube medication thing. Mm-hmm. So Mary was the voice of reason, and I appreciated that. Yeah. Then, you know, Ryan does it anyway. And she's apparently better than she's ever been, mm-hmm. which was odd. Like, well, why didn't you guys just do this to her daily anyway? <laughs> but, you know. Just weird. Yeah, I, I think the weird part for me, Chris, was that like she's so like reluctant to like give herself like that that shot or whatever whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, and it gives you like this huge boost of like adrenaline, right? Where she's like, she's like the character that we saw in episode one, essentially, right before but, the the shot. Yeah, and then we learn that it like wears off, so she only has like a few hours to like, quote unquote, live unless she goes all Batman Begins style and gets this rose that whatever is going to cure her, Chris. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, what is she supposed to do with the rose on Coriana by herself? Is she supposed to eat it or something? Because on, whenever they've used it before, it's been like something they inject. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think Ryan Wilder is a chemist or a doctor, clearly. But what was she supposed to do with it when Sophia handed it to her? <laughs> Because technically, she would have been the same health position she was at the end of the episode anyway by the time she was supposed to leave Coriana. Mm-hmm. So you're spitting up blood. Like, you went from zero to 60 and then back to zero. Yeah. So fast. Yeah, that, that was actually some scary stuff. I got to admit, that was it actually was. some scary stuff when she's, like, spitting out the blood. I was like, okay, CW, okay. I like that because it showed how, you know, this is more than a scarecrow hallucination. She's sick and on the verge of death. I enjoyed the... Um, not the consequence, but just the the concept of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I completely agree. And Chris, kind of speaking of consequences, where I want to kind of take this take this one now a little step further is let's talk about Alice a little bit because Alice kind of has a big spotlight this episode, Chris. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, like we knew that like once they arrived on Coriana, that they were going to kind of give this episode to Alice a little bit, and we got some twists and turns with their character here a little bit right very twisty very twisty (laughs) yeah yeah so uh i think the biggest twist obviously was that like the whole idea is that she needed to kill ocean to kind of get k back right chris so we were when we're watching this i was like "Eh, something's up something's up Mm -hmm. just like i mean so then we like we kind of later learned that like she used a fake ocean to kind of get what she wanted, and then it kind of gets twisted on her. Chris, so kind of explain to me like what you thought on like, did you think that it was believable like Alice's actions or her motives? I should say, you know that kind of. So we knew this was a fake ocean going into this episode, which is fine. The, the viewer knew. Which, looking back at it, I don't think we should have known. Mm-hmm. I think that should have been you know, something we discover with Sophia. But I think the credibility of it goes back to the credibility of that subplot they introduced. Mm. Her and Ocean, that it was very forced. I didn't like that at all. And then to see them make it such a huge deal, even in this episode, I just, it didn't connect for me. I could care. I couldn't care less if Ocean is living or dead. Yeah. And I don't even understand why Alice cares. She doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me, you know? Yeah, I think my thing too is like the chemistry has always just felt off to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you felt that way too, Chris. Yeah, they it just doesn't mesh well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, which like, 
that's always hit or miss with actors in general. I mean, sometimes it's more obvious than others, but I'm like, this just feels, I don't know, it feels kind of forced and it feels kind of weird in a it's sense. To me, it's generic also. Yeah. So, uh, but Chris, you kind of mentioned something that you think obviously some plot lines should kind of just be, uh, just be over with. Can you elaborate on which plot lines you're referring to, Chris? I think that... You can't say everything. No, no, not everything. No, no, <laughs> not everything, but the crows need to go away. They are more incompetent than the GCPD, <laughs> which is saying something. They're like on stormtrooper level. <laughs> you have like the top two agents randomly get kidnapped by guys in bandanas in a parking lot or a parking garage. <laughs> Pretty bad. And then they get to Coriana and they're just roaming the woods. Like, what is going on with this episode? Mm-hmm. And, he, and this is, Kane knows or thinks his daughter's on the island and his first thought is, I'm just going to go roam the island and find an airplane. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah. And again, Sophie, uh, they even wanted to recruit Sophie in this episode and mm-hmm. she still fails to show why. Mm-hmm. Even though Sophie has been good in other episodes, it just the crows are incompetent. They need to go. So cut them off. Please, please get rid of Coriana's storyline. They have ruined what makes Coriana special in the comics. They just destroyed the point of it. They reduced wow. it to a useless love triangle, quadrant, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And leave Ocean on this island too. Leave him in the ocean. Yes. <laughs> Let ocean rest in his natural habitat. <laughs> nice. And the, yeah. the desert rose has yeah. become the new kryptonite gun for me, but that, you know, that, I can stop there. <laughs> yeah. I completely agree with you. I mean, the crows were such a cool idea back mm-hmm. in season one. I thought Chris, I mean, they really had a legitimate shot here. Yeah. Kind of rival like the GCPD a little bit, you know, it's it's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think of things like Batman Beyond and Batman the Animated Series, where you know there's always some police task force that's kind of out there, right, Chris? So, mm-hmm. I and mean, we even have it yeah. in the comics now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the I'm magistrate. like, yeah, that I exactly. I mean, even like Future State. So I mean, it's it's really everywhere. So I mean. And I think, like, what I would like more is if, like, if maybe, like, they just made, like, Jacob or Sophie a little more, I guess, sophisticated, maybe, <laughs> more of a leader. I mean, it's just, again, I mean, this definitely, like, when you when you compare this show to when the other CW show that we're reviewing, Chris, you can obviously point, like, where the CW-ness, mm-hmm. like, plays a factor and compared to the other one. Not that I'm really trying to compare the two shows, but, I mean, it's, like, when you have like this interesting element like the crows and you're just butchering it like that, it's kind of disappointing. It's just incompetent. It is. It is. And where, and the one thing I did kind of want to bring up too, is there's a really lot, a lot of mysticism going on, Chris. So it's talk to me a little bit about this whole idea of like a resurrection, like a sacrifice for a sacrifice. Where it's like you like if they kill Ocean, oh, I'll bring you Kate. Like Kate will come back, but they never really mm. explain how Kate will come back, right? It's just like she'll just pop up and she'll be Kate. <laughs> so, yeah, you know the way they made Sophia or that they've written her is where everything is like a deal. There's always a hidden meaning or a hidden plot to it. She's mm-hmm. just like the ultimate trickster. She's female Loki. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't care I don't like it um, I, I know I'm saying that a lot that I don't like it but I, I don't So, um, but the, the thing is I get where they're trying to go with that and if these characters had better chemistry and if they were written better I think these twists and turns with like the deal making and I have Kate if you do this for me I'm gonna, I think that would have worked better mm-hmm. but we don't have that and I will say the whole dagger being um not magical, but I, mm. I don't know how you would explain it any other way, but I would yeah. call it magical. <laughs> you know, it mm-hmm. that is an interesting concept. I like that. I also like the way it was used, how, you know, with Tatiana, even though, like Ocean, I really couldn't care less if she's dead or not. 
I actually didn't like that character at all either. Mm -hmm. But I think it's cool, that part of it. And as far as like the Kate thing, I don't know about you. I love that reveal with the neck, ne the necklaces. Mm -hmm. That was like a gut punch. Like you felt Alice's pain there, but really that's just a testament to Rachel Scarston's performance. She's just always on. She's just good, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I may yeah. have been on a tangent. I'm sorry. No, dude, you're totally, totally good. I mean, I love when you go on tangents, Chris. That's what, <laughs> that's what the people want, Chris. That's what the people want. They Gotta want give them what they want then. Yeah. Chris, my, my main gripe with the whole thing too was I kind of saw it coming. I'm just like, yeah. well, of course she's not going to bring her Kate because she doesn't have Kate. Like clearly, it's like a mess. Oh, I thought she did. You oh okay, so you thought you you thought she did. Yeah, I thought okay. she did. See, I was on the opposite. I kind of figured that a swerve was coming the whole time. So. Oh no, I thought what it was going to because I thought that was going to end the episode. Like we see Alice open the door. Sophia open the door. Here's oh, okay. Kate. You see like the back of Alice's head. Sure. And you would see like a, a like a female figure in a corner. Mm -hmm. and then credits that's what i was expecting <laughs> okay nice but we will we will get to that uh chris but yeah. real quick we do have one more like kind of reveal i guess that we need to talk about and that's the return of julia pennyworth chris popping up in like a sitcom chris it's explaining me what what did you what did you think of uh julia's return in this episode chris it was missing like some fun sitcom music and, and like a laugh track the nice. the time like <laughs> so i don't know if the writers like i have to articulate this i'm sorry no. when the writers put these scenes together do they imagine how dumb this is going to look now if you like it no offense to you i'm glad you like it i really am i promise you but <laughs> when the writers write these scenes do they like picture oh this is going to be amazing the fans are going to go nuts on this reveal I, I have to know because when I saw it, I, I like facepalm. Like, this is how she comes back. Like, instant knife in the boot, kill the assassin in one swift move, ask no questions. Like, what the hell? It was listen, like I said, I needed some like pop music and, an, and a laugh track because that's what it felt like it needed. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's kind of how I felt too. If I'm being, if I'm being completely honest. Chris, but kind of the one thing I wanted to ask you about that, just because I've actually seen this point kind of like swimming around on social media mm -hmm. before without giving spoiler, spoilers away on what we're going to talk about next. How would you have felt if this was like the reveal or quote unquote partner or to Batwoman that we would have, we would have gotten as opposed to the reveal that we got to follow it up. So saying like, if we don't get this next reveal, how would you feel if it was Julia Pennyworth that was stepping into like the shoes? Oh, to be Batwoman? Yeah. I have seen that theory a lot. And I think there was a lot of fans that wanted that just because we'd already seen Julia Pennyworth. Mm -hmm. We were very familiar with her in Pennyworth. Um, I, Do you feel like I, it'd be more organic to like the story? It probably would have been, but I also wouldn't want to get rid of the Ryan Wilder stuff that we've seen because like i've said several times you know since we've been recording the show the last mm -hmm. few weeks i like her yeah javicia leslie is great and i think she's really something special so i wouldn't want to trade her for julia pennyworth just because it it feels more organic or it feels like the natural successor mm -hmm. i i think that it was better to to cut the cord and, and go with ryan instead but if we're talking like hypothetically ryan would have died on coriana and Julia would step in. Yeah, that would be fine. Mm -hmm. But I would still be upset. Like, why did you guys give us this great character and then kill her on a random island looking at some flowers burning? Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. But, Chris, I think we've kind of we've let the, the listeners wait long enough for, for the thing that I <laughs> that I know they want us to talk about, which is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good one. Good one. <laughs> um. Chris, we got a new Kate Kane. We do have a new Kate we Kane. We have a new Kate Kane. Wallace Day has been cast as Kate Kane. 
I'm not saying Batwoman. I'm saying Kate Kane, Chris. So that is specific. Yes, that is very specific. And I want to pass this along to you because Chris, you actually called this for weeks. You would you would talk to me off air on what you think were like it might have been going. You even said it on air before. I think it's. I gotta pass along to you. How does how does this make you feel? Because I know you have a lot of thoughts on this. I do. You know, so when all this debacle happened, the recast, I was like. Or, or creating Ryan before we saw her, I was like, well, why don't they just recast Kate? That would make more sense. Just recast Kate. There's plenty of actresses like Wallace Day mm-hmm. who could step in and people would probably love her because she's a good actress and she's kind of like, a, I don't say she's a nerd icon, but she was on Krypton. Yeah. So people, you know, in our community, our groups, they're familiar with her. Like, oh, okay, I know her. <laughs> so yep. it would have made a lot of sense to have her anyway. But, you know, then we got Ryan and I was like, okay, I don't like this. But I saw it. And I was like, all right, this won me over. Mm-hmm. Now that we have Wallace Day as Kate, again, Kate, <laughs> we haven't seen her full on. But I do like the idea of Kate being back, but it comes with concerns, you know, such as, well, what do we do now with Ryan? Yeah. Are we going to have Ryan as like a Nightwing figure? Is that what this is? Or is Ryan going to continue to be Batwoman and Kate is now the man in the chair, like a mentor? Are we getting like Batwoman Beyond with mm. Kate for some reason? What is this? Mm. And, you know, going forward, we don't know Kate's story. So that's another thing. We get, I'm very interested to see where has Kate been? What's happened to her? Because when we see her, she's all bandaged up in the sewer. Yeah. You can't even... You don't know it's her, well, because it's a new actress, but also mm-hmm. we don't know what's her except for the necklace and the voiceover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my, obviously I'm in complete agreement with you. I just thought that it was odd just in the beginning too. Like you said, like, so just recast Kate. It's the most logical choice, right? Mm-hmm. But it's when you bring in this new character that for eight episodes we're like invested in, whether or not you or liking the material that she's been giving, I think we're all kind of essentially invested in Orion's character. So I thought it was odd when there's these rumors circulating that, oh, they're bringing Kate back because now they have a Kate, which I'm like, that's not really quite how I like to enjoy my television. Like when you announce a character, I'm like, um, that's the character that I'm in for that season. Mm-hmm. You want to bring it back for the next season. That's your prerogative. Like do what you want. Like, that's why I'm not a showrunner, right? But I'm like, if you if, if you look like you took the time to create this character, this new character, Ryan Wild uh, Ryan Wilder, and you're gonna essentially kind of put her on the back burner a little bit because now everyone's focused on Kate. Now everyone's gonna be focused on Kate again, regardless of what they do, kind of going forward. So I thought it was odd to be quite honest, because honestly, and it came out minutes after the episode was over, Chris, I'm talking like minutes after the episode that Wallace Day has been cast as Kate Kane. So whether or not they're doing this like um, amnesia storyline where she doesn't know who she is, or it's quite literally going to be like a reboot or a rebirth of the character. So she's not going to be bat woman. Like you just said, and maybe she kind of plays more of a mentor role or, Maybe this is like Nightfall where she's got to work her way back in the mantle. Oh. So I think there's a there's a lot of exciting ways that they can take it. I'm just a little hesitant at like why it's now. Like why at episode eight, you know? That's what I wanted to ask you. Do you think this would have been a better idea to hold off until like the last couple of episodes to bring Kate back? I think it would have been a little more effective. Don't you, don't you think, Chris? That's what I was thinking too. I, I think this would have been one hell of a season finale reveal. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, like season finale, they did what they had to do. They're sitting in the Bruce Wayne's office, or maybe they're sitting in the Batcave, mm-hmm. elevator dings, or even the security system, intruder alert, you know, Batman Forever style. Yeah. And then yeah. the, the new Kate Kane. And that would be credits. Mm hmm. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, Chris, we're in agreement. I mean, like, Kate Kane is Batwoman. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, where, like, the the logic kind of kicks in, it's like, it's a 
is this the right move? Like, should this have happened? You know, it's, I think because Batwoman's just been in such a weird, like, spot for so long, right? Where it's, it was a questionable decision, sure. Mm-hmm. But I think it's one that they should have made either at episode one or episode 15 or 22, however many episodes that this is going to end. Because I don't even know if we know when the season's going to end, Chris. We still don't. So, which that kind of says something to me but you know that's right. fine <laughs> yeah you know it, it is what it is we'll see we'll just kind of take it as it comes you know yeah i mean i guess we'll find out if episode 15 comes around and it's not the season finale i guess i guess we'll know we'll know when it's ending so <laughs> I, I hope they'll let us know and it's just not you know abrupt like oh see you next season when kate is back in the suit a brand new suit <laughs> yeah that's another thing too chris i'm like are they just gonna play hot potato with the with the batwoman suit or <laughs> i mean is, is kate is kate gonna get a gray suit or something i don't know i mean it'd be cool if kate gets the gray suit mm-hmm. from the cartoon that'd be really cool uh i don't know though that's there's so many questions with this i think it's exciting make no mistake about it. this is exciting yeah if you're a batwoman fan this is very cool especially like i love kate king mm-hmm. i love her in the comics so i i'm glad to see her back but it it also, as many questions as it has, it raises concerns because this would have been really easy if Ryan Wilder was not a successful character, in my opinion. Like, if I hated Ryan Wilder, I'd be like, mm. yes. Yeah. But I don't hate her. You know, I think she did breathe new life into the series for the most part, even when I didn't like the episode so much. That's a good point. Yeah. And I mean, Chris, I do applaud them for at least trying to like, do like whatever happened to the Kate Crusader, whatever happened to Kate Kane. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I applaud them. Like they are give they are diving into like some cool mythos. Like, yeah. That's why I give them like credit for it. Absolutely. Regardless if they stick the landing or not, it's cool. You know, they're doing cool stuff. They're trying to. And now I don't know if you feel like this, but I'm pretty sure the new subplot that's going to take away from the Ryan stuff is Kate's recovery. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if we're going to do that instead of these sophie stories and you know these other things that we don't need cool yeah i'd be very happy we don't see angelique again but i know we are (laughs) well yeah because we know that she can take on batwoman like by herself give her a a grill lid and she's good to go man (laughs) i'm sure she's probably the one that defeats black mask we get a glimpse of in the for next week's trailer for next oh i know i do you were waiting for this one chris you wait you had to wait nine episodes chris uh yeah has it been 10 weeks because of the hiatus included oh 10 weeks there yeah i think it's 10, 10 or 11 weeks so yeah when i saw the glimpse i was like yeah, it's coming it's i felt like that gift from the office with michael scott it's happening it's happening oh my god it's happening <laughs> i will probably tweet that on sunday too nice <laughs> it's nice happening that'll see now that's gonna be a fun episode too just like regardless of like what happens that's gonna be a fun episode to like dissect too that's gonna be cool it is because then we'll also likely see Wallace stay full on. Because, like I said, we didn't, you couldn't even tell who it was under the bandages. She's right. pretty injured. I, oh, and something I wanted to mention before, uh, I guess we are we about to wrap up on Batwoman? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm gonna, this was really cool. I think there was an 89 nod. You Ooh. know, like how you get the aerial shot and it goes through the neon sign for the barber? Oh, Didn't yeah. that remind you of when the Joker goes to get fixed after he gets out of the chemical bath? Oh, that's a great, that's a great call. Did you think of that too? Or I that did. Just me? No, no. Oh, you'd like, like when we first see Joker for like the first time where he's, the doc is like working on him. Like yeah. When he's in a chair. Yeah. When he's, yep. you can't see his face, but we, yep. you know, we see the neon sign and stuff. Yeah. First. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. There's been so many Batman 89 references this season. I think they're a fan. Napier. Oh, and the, the bat, uh, the bat shark repellent was funny. I did like that. Even though I thought I was watching a different show, I did mm-hmm. like that line. That was fun. Because Batman should always have shark repellent near uh, close by, Chris. Last thing, I just, I'm sorry, it just popped in my head. No. Batwoman <laughs> does the lenses so well for the oh, eyes. It's so cool. I want to see it in live action on a bat suit. It, that's not, I'm glad you bring it because that is a very cool positive thing about the character was the man that they've been able to make white eyes, quote unquote, white eyes work so well. I think that's awesome. It is. They look awesome. So, But Chris, before we transition on over to the second half of our show, is there anything that you want to close out on 
this week's episode of Batman because Chris, this is not going on hiatus. Surprisingly, we surprisingly, thought it, but now we gotta play it week by week, so we will have this conversation again next week about hiatus. Yeah, uh, it was an improvement with the last episode, so I really can't complain too much. There's still stuff I don't like, but the thing that keeps hooking me is I want to see where it goes, especially mm-hmm. now they've introduced Kate again. Sort of, uh, Ryan will likely be cured after this week, so we get to see Javicia Leslie back at full strength. Excited for that, yeah, and I mean. I'm going to see Roman next week. <laughs> mm. I'm, I'm in. Let's do this. I'm completely with you. I'm in it. I'm in for Black Mass next week. That's going to be a fun episode mm-hmm. to watch. Like, as, and I hope it's I hope it's good. It may even be the best episode of the season. We don't know. It could be. I might just be thrilled once I see the mask right. again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as I see the mask, it's an instant gotta go. You know? It's an instant gotta go. Instant. And then, so you're going to start from a gotta go and then go it'll be like a weighing scale. So you'll, you'll toy between let's go and then gotta go. And then you'll go from go. And then as long as you end up with a trash juice, I'm cool. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very special place to be, Chris. That's it's a, a dark place. It's a very dark place. You'd have to be, you'd have to be really, really bad, Chris. Yes. So, very. but I, I do agree with you. I mean, black mass is going to be cool to see kind of on the next episode. I'm very curious to see what they do with KK now. So mm-hmm. that's definitely one that, that has my, uh, I had my curiosity Chris, but now it has my attention. Oh, so. <laughs> there you go. But as always, let us know what you thought of Batwoman season two, episode eight. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Uh, tweet us at vigilante1939 and we would love to hear uh, what you thought of the episode, but, Chris, we can't just end this episode just talking about Batwoman without the other half of the world's finest, can we? I don't think we should. I mean, we can, but I don't think we should. That's right. So we have Superman and Lois, episode five, Chris. Episode five. We've now seen five episodes of Superman and Lois. And as I did for Batwoman, I'm going to read off the synopsis just because it's a little easier for everyone to follow along in case you're Need a little bit of a memory jogger. And this week's episode was as Smallville celebrates its first harvest festival since Martha's passing. Clark is reminded what his mother meant to him. Lois makes a breakthrough in the investigation of Morgan Edge. Kyle tries to reconnect with Lana. So, Chris, as I kicked it off with you and Batwoman, uh, what were your highs and maybe lows? I don't know. Uh, with this week's episode of Superman and Lois. The highs. The highs are just, they've been so consistent week to week. I, I know I've been saying this like a broken record. I love the family dynamic. Yeah. Like that opening scene with them was so good. The corn, when they were doing the corn thing, I really liked that a lot. I love seeing Clark so excited. That was just so wholesome in a way. Yeah. So Smallville. I liked it. Yeah. Um, I liked uh, the reveals we get, which we'll get into later. Yep. I like seeing more of the boys having their own lives. I, I'm really big on that in this one because they're written so well. And I think that, that they're just interesting to see. Mm-hmm. And they complement the series where I didn't think they would initially. I, I kind of thought I would not like that stuff at all, which I think I've mentioned before, but I, I really do. I think that they're written surprisingly well. If I did have a low, just like a quick low, <laughs> I don't know if it's Lois. <laughs> I don't think we saw enough of her in this one i think there was a bigger uh, well i think i expected more for her in this one after seeing the trailer for it yeah so i, I just kind of thought there'd be a different thing going on so maybe that's not so much a low in my own and that's just my own head cannon that did that for me how about you chris i completely agree with you the way like the consistency is just like amazes me it just mm-hmm. amazes me I we've been we've been like loving this show for the past five weeks, and what a beautiful five weeks of Superman television it's been, Chris. I mean, just truly. I mean, getting Superman back on the small screen in this level has really been heartwarming mm-hmm. for me. I've loved all the winks and nods to shows like Smallville and Lois and Clark and uh, the Adventures of Superman with George Reeves. I mean, even the movies, even the movies. It's just it's sprinkled in like a little bit of everything for everybody. And what this week does is I love that the spotlight is on Clark this week mm-hmm. because I think Chris, you might, you might've mentioned it last week where it's 
we had Laura Clark again, and it's almost oh, like yeah. you didn't miss Superman. I didn't again. And it's almost like the same kind of goes for this week too, right? Yeah, I really didn't miss him. You know, I I think we see him for maybe forty five seconds to two maybe a minute i don't know mm-hmm. it was very brief when we saw him yeah yeah so chris kind of the first thing that i want to just touch on is maybe let's get a little bit of a, the larger plot that kicks on in this episode which was uh clark just misses his mother chris mm-hmm. uh so there's like a harvest festival that's uh it's like a tradition the harvest festival that's happening in smallville and they stopped doing the festival i believe when martha passed away do I have that correctly? Or it's they did it in honor of Martha, I think is what they is what they oh, did it for. No, I thought it was a yearly thing. That's what I got out of it. Oh, you know what? And then they were just honoring Martha. That yeah, was that was my, just yep. a special event. Yeah. Yeah, so, but no, it's a yearly thing. Yeah, so it's a yearly thing. So obviously, like the whole the town of Smallville kind of gathers together. It's a place for everybody. To, it's like it's like a carnival, right? It's like for a place for everybody to just chill out, have fun, see everybody again. But I love the way that they like connected Martha in a scene like where Clark needs like some parenting help or he just needs guidance. And then he's using like the memories that he's that he's reminiscing of Martha to like reflect in a way because it was so beautiful. Chris, I don't know if you felt the same way, but I mean, some of those scenes of like young Clark just like really hit me, especially like the last one that we see, Chris. Which I know you know it's one that is. That's a tearjerker. Yeah, it, it was. They're really this wholesome glimpses into Clark's life. But you know what stood out to me, and um, I don't think I've noticed this in other stuff. But usually when Clark thinks about the past or he needs guidance or something, normally he thinks of his father, or one of his fathers. He doesn't usually flash back to something with Martha. So it was interesting to see the change here. Because even if you look at the movies, when Clark has the flash, it's always, you know, his father. You don't see Martha Kent around. And if you do, it's more of a, your father's right capacity. Mm-hmm. Where here, it's just Martha's advice, Mar- Martha dealing with him. And I, I enjoyed that aspect a lot. I thought that was a nice addition. And again, a nice change from the, the norm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a that's a very very great point that you bring up, Chris, and the fact that it's usually we we've always relied that it's Jonathan Kent that's giving Clark like his being his moral compass. Where it's this time around, it's Martha, and I love that it's because obviously you know this is a timeline where Jonathan Kent isn't alive, so it's it's we really get more. It's almost like Spider Man in a way, Chris, mm-hmm. where it's like Aunt May, yeah. It's like Aunt May, where it's like it's Peter's kind of life post Uncle Ben, or it's this one, it's Clark's life post Jonathan Kent. Because, I mean, it's very Smallville. That's very Smallville-ish right there, where it's so. And then what I enjoy the most, too, where it's how their relationship kind of evolves and, like, disvolves, too, in the process, where it's we get a little bit of Superman year one, which is cool, Chris, Mm -hmm. where it's. Clark has like a ski mask and he, he takes out <laughs> some bad guys. I mean, it was like very year one-ish. I mean, it was, I thought it was kind of cool. And then he, obviously he's got some growing pains. And then what really got me emotional was the fact that he's honest about how he like left his mom when he needed her like the most. And then he uses that to kind of help Jonathan not make the same mistake he did. And then obviously like the ending scene where it's you see Martha crying and like Clark goes away. I mean, it's, it was just, it was beautiful, Chris. Yeah. The way they, they built that relationship between them in just, uh, I think it was like three flashbacks, maybe was it three? Something like I that. think it was three. Yep. Yeah. They built a, a believable relationship to where that last one, it hits you like you get it. And I think it also works because it, it like, it, it adds because when you see, Clark in the present day, you know, Tyler Hecklin's version, you, you just feel that that they connect in a way. I, I don't know how to explain it. Like they have chemistry without being in the scenes together. Mm-hmm. You just feel it. So I, I thought that was really, really well done. And the year one stuff was interesting, especially because they're stealing old TVs. And that was just funny to me because you don't see those anymore. <laughs> everything's a flat screen now nobody remembers what yeah. uh, you know a, a crt monitor is or anything like that 
but it's just funny to me. That must have been in the early 2000s or something. That That's definitely in the 90s. Yeah, it, it was fun to see it. Mm-hmm. They've been great if one of them had a VCR combo. That, but <laughs> anyway, it was cool to see the year one stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, and I love that like Martha's presence was really felt too, just like in general, like around mm-hmm. Swava. Because I mean, that first episode, that stuff was heavy. Yeah. But she passes away too. And it's like, you can tell that the town of Smallville like loved Martha Kent. Like they loved the Kents. So I love that. And just like the scene of like when they honor her, like with the chair and they have Clarkson in it. I'm like, now that's Superman content. I'm here for it, Chris. It's it's like wholesome content. I like it. I do wonder if we're ever going to get more of Jonathan Kent though. Mm. Because we have not. And he's always a staple in anything Superman. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of curious about that. That's uh it's a great point. You know, I mean I would like to think maybe maybe we should get him. I would think if, if we don't, that's fine though. Yeah. I mean, I think there's been iterations where we where we actually don't see Jonathan Kent, but I mean I think for the most part he does kind of tend to pop up, even if it's for like a scene or two, right? Yeah, even you know, to help you find your car keys. <laughs> yeah, you're killing it tonight. You're killing it tonight, Chris. Uh but Chris, let's get kind of this aspect out of the way because it is a part of the show that we actually don't mind each of us, but it's the teen drama mm-hmm. that goes on. So uh, Jonathan gets broken up with his girlfriend in early on, and then obviously like he's taking out his frustrations out on everybody around him. He's angry. He wants to leave Smallville. He wants to go back to Metropolis. He blames his parents for ruining his life. He's fighting with his brother. He's, he's drinking with, with some people that he probably shouldn't be hanging out with. Uh, and then he actually ruins, which, oh, Jonathan, man. Oh, man. That, 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 was, that wasn't cool, man. But he actually ruins his date. He ruins his brother's date, Chris. It was terrible. It was terrible because Jordan is actually having a nice bonding moment with Sarah, with Sarah Cushing. And then his, leave, it to the, leave it to the brother, Chris. Leave it to the brother. So he sobered up real quick too. <laughs> yeah, it must have been that superhuman strength that he's developing or something. I, don't I was kind of thinking that actually. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. I was I was kind of thinking, is that why he just like instant? I'm good now. <laughs> oh, I wish I had that effect sometimes. <laughs> I, I do too. It it would save me a, a lot of yeah. uh, time vomiting, but that's another story. Right. Uh but Chris, kind of talk to me about what you thought of like the teen, the teen aspect in this week's episode. First, you floated a theory last week. About like a love triangle. You might be onto something there. But um I like the way they handle it this week. I, I I like how they're making it so uneven with the way Jordan is being treated versus the way Jonathan is being treated. Like he really got the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Now without his girlfriend, he's like at the end of his rope with it. Mm-hmm. And they don't hold back on showing that Jordan, everything is coming up roses for him. Mm-hmm. He's doing great. <laughs> I, I really like the difference between them and the way the brothers handle it. And even like they're sticking at each other's sides. Like, okay, bro, you just ruined my date. You're a weird alcoholic mess at the moment. Let's go get a corn dog, whatever the hell we're, they were doing. I don't know. Mm. So they were still friends. And even like when Jordan goes off on, uh, I'm sorry, when Jonathan goes off on Clark in the house, he's still like, come on, Jordan, let's go. Like, you're my brother. We're still going to go do fun stuff. Right. I like that the bond between them stays. And then you introduce Sarah into it. It's interesting how, you know, it was a date that she asked Jordan on, mm-hmm. but now it's like, I just want a friend anyway. Oh, when Jonathan does not have his girlfriend, oh. I'm just, you know, you may, you may be onto something. I don't know. Chris, was that not like a, like a, just a dagger in the heart when she said that, like, just like the worst gut punch ever. The express on Jordan's face was priceless. Oh, good job to that actor. I, I forget his name, but good job. I think it's Alex Garfin. I think so, some something like that. I do want to. I mean, oh, talk about like, oh man, for, for for all my single guys out there, that friend zone cannot be the worst, the worst spot, man. Oh, it was like the opening to Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, it was uh, it was unbelievable, but. I, I agree with you. I thought it was it was cool and it was kind of warm seeing like Jordan and, and Sarah kind of bond like that because I do really like their dynamic together. I do yeah. really like their relationship together because we want to see Jordan get some wins, Chris. 
I do want to see Jordan get some wins. I want to see him get some wins before he starts his villain turn. I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then obviously it's a theory I don't want to be right about, but I do happen to tend to think that, you know, now that she closed the door on the one brother, I don't know. I, I think know. I think I think the one the one brother's gonna be looking the rebound. We'll see. Maybe the one bit. brother gets really drunk and Sarah's there to say, Hey, pick yourself up off the floor. It's like, hey, I like you now. I like you too. Teens. Teenagers, Chris. Teenagers. Yeah. You never know who, who's gonna save you from alcoholism at a young age. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I hope that that's not the how that they go. <laughs> I do, I do hope it's where it's one of those like kind of Lana Lang, Clark Kent thing. Yes, yeah. I, I, it could be that too. They're just on and off, and maybe like they start off as friends, and then they eventually like get to dating again. I mean, it could be. I mean, if this show is in it for the long haul, then this could just be good slow story, slow, slow build storytelling. Never know. That's what, yeah, you know, that's probably even better to do the slow build into it and say, hey, we've known each other for like a, what is it, probably a month in Smallville right. time. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it might be better that way. I'm in for whatever they want to do, though. I mean, they, I they've won my trust, so it's cool. I agree. Speaking of winning people's trust, Chris, they really want us to like Kyle Cushing again. <laughs> so no, no air guitars this, this week, but. Uh, or bad grilling. Or bad grilling. Are you uh do you like Kyle Cushing now, Chris? I don't mind him. <laughs> it only took five weeks. I don't mind him, you know. <laughs> could be worse. I, I think that we're starting to see more of his um point of view on things and his position. Yeah. So he's like an onion. He has layers. I don't I don't not like him, you know. But I think that what they did with him in this episode was a little bit better, except for the the way when he comes home, he's still kind of, you know, that's classic Kyle, I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, I, I like the direction of kind of taking him to where we are seeing more of what makes him tick. And he, again, he just wants, I guess, I guess to do right in a way. Just maybe his avenue of doing that isn't the best. Chris, I got to say, if this wasn't titled World's Finest, I think your onions analogy would be like the title of a perfect episode. He's an onion. He has layers. Just like, I mean, gotta go. That's a gotta go in my book. That's uh I do I can I, I think I think Shrek for my knowledge. That's A1A, Chris. <laughs> uh, but I I agree with you. I mean, Kyle Chris, he's gotta be a good guy. He's a firefighter, right? He's got he's gotta have some good aspects to him. Yeah. I mean, he <laughs> saves people's lives for a living. I mean, come on can't be like cold-hearted is is it's coming out to be but i mean i i think that they're trying to like they're going to slowly make him a little more relatable i think i so. yeah i think they wanted you to hate him first mm-hmm. because i i think that it's a good antagonist in a way for lois and just smallville in general but then like like i said they've just been showing more of him and they're making him more of a human being they're doing the same thing with lana too because the first time you see Lana, it's, you know, she's like the perfect uh, small town lady, mm-hmm. you know? And then now we're starting to see, oh, there's more going on. Including mm-hmm. like when she lies about where Kyle is because right. she didn't want to say the truth. Mm-hmm. So they're making them feel more realistic with each episode that goes by with just these little moments. Mm. Absolutely agree. But Chris, speaking of uh, things that are going on here, we, uh, I wouldn't say we necessarily have a new villain, but we had a villain, I guess, that said he was resurrected, Chris. So let's kind of talk about the quote-unquote villain of the week Mm -hmm. for this week because it is where our Superman actually flies in, which was because of that villain. Uh, But this idea that he was resurrected, Chris, now that raises some eyebrows. So... Talk to me about what you thought of the villain and maybe like what that might mean for the larger plot kind of going forward. Well, the first time we see him, it's it's Derek Powell. So the first time we see him, I was like, wait a minute, this is the guy they were looking for. If you guys remember in the episode a couple of weeks ago, this is the one Lois almost got killed over. She was helping her mom. uh, She was helping his mom. So you see him now here and everything is fine. He got a check. 
he's good to go. But then, you know, later on the villain turn happens and we get that, that kind of, um, I guess it's like, a, we get two reveals actually. We found out who, uh, who what was her name? I can't, Leslie, Laura, Laura. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We found out who that's who um, the assassin guy was talking to or talking about. It was her. Yep. We know she's also Kryptonian or got the powers. And now we see Derek Powell has some kind of relationship with her. Mm -hmm. So he goes back into that Tumblr machine, whatever it is, comes out and now he's resurrected something. I think that's very interesting. I think maybe Morgan Edge is raising dead Kryptonians mm. or something. I don't know. This is a, a big what if scenario, I think. <laughs> I don't really know what to say about it, but I, I, I'm interested. Like you said, you had my interest. Or how is that? How did it go? You had my curiosity, but now you, you have my attention. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about it. I don't even know how to explain it. I just think yeah. it's interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I like what they're doing. And the fact that he just kind of killed himself at will. Yeah. That was something. I did not expect that at all. Mm-hmm. What'd you think about it? So I thought it was really, really interesting too. Like you said, because I mean, there's obviously they're exploring this idea of it's like human experimentation mm -hmm. or like raising the dead or like conscious transferring conscious stuff. transferring you know i mean because obviously there's something going on like with kryptonite with kryptonian i guess technology in a sense and the pods the pods so i'm wondering if like morgan edge is is he like calling out to darker forces is he using he like humans in smallville for his own personal like gain is there is he answering to somebody that's higher more more higher up than him i mean that's where I'm thinking that, like, this can go so many different ways, Chris. Because, I mean, Morgan Edge may be the distributor, but there's always somebody above the distributor, Chris. He had to, yeah, like, he had to have some, I, I would imagine someone told him, hey, you know what you can do? Mm -hmm. You could find those baby pods and some kryptonite, make some kind of super soldier looking machine, <laughs> and you got dead Kryptonians back. Because yeah. he said, I'm resurrected or something like that mm -hmm. he didn't i don't think he meant he was resurrected as a man that's not the sense i got mm -hmm. which i could be completely off but that's not what i got from it plus we saw the baby pods those have to mean something yeah and, I, and i'm wondering if this is like maybe like he his essence or something is being taken over by a kryptonian when he gets resurrected maybe i mean and there was the thing with his voice like it wasn't normal right he sound a little otherworldly like maybe mm -hmm. and in that skipping thing yeah that was that was interesting too so it, yeah. it raises a lot of uh, a lot of questions i'm i'm in though so so am i i mean this story it, it is really an interesting thing to kind of theorize too but what's also interesting to theorize chris is uh after two weeks of not seeing him i believe captain luther makes his return oh yeah to the scene and not only does he interject himself in the superman's uh quarrel uh he approaches lois which appear to be a random just a random act right but then we later find out chris that uh this captain luther has some history with <laughs> lois lane on his earth which changes the whole narrative of everything chris Really so how did how did how did that um how did that theory blow your mind? <laughs> that was a shock. That was a real like whoa. I did not see that one coming, and I think that is a really cool twist. That's going to lead to some interesting story. Um, I just want to see what they do with it. Like, and then okay, so on that Earth was Lois. And Superman a thing on that earth, and maybe he, he's the key. That's how I was thinking <laughs> when he was looking for. Her, I was like, "Oh, Lois is the key. Got it." Um, but but no, like, did, were her and Superman a thing on his earth? Mm. Because he does say wherever Superman is, Lois is, or vice versa. Right. So mm. I don't know if he just meant that earth or his earth too. Mm. So I, I'm curious to see what that's about but did not see that coming and the way they handled it was such a cool reveal mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'm uh I'm wondering if they're gonna go a little Superman returns here. Uh Chris in a sense where it's she might have been in love with or she might have been like maybe she was married to Captain Luther, but she was in love with Superman. Kind of similar to Lois Lane was in Superman mm-hmm. Returns, where you know, where she was married to the pilot whose name's uh escaping my name uh my head right now, but and he would but she was really Light in box. love with Superman. Yeah, whoever James Marsden, uh, yeah, um, but she was in love with Superman. So I'm thinking either that version of Superman was just evil, and maybe he killed Lois Lane, or because it's obviously he was some kind of like war, war, war like veteran or something like that. Yeah, he was army military. So maybe I don't know. Maybe it was one of those where when he went to the military, she fell in love with Superman. I don't know. You know, maybe he was good at the time. Maybe he was good at the time. So I think while it was weird, it was actually, I think, a plot that we needed to see happen. You know, because it's it can't just be this cap this version of Captain Luther hates Superman. It had to be like I think there has to be a more like bigger reason why. You know, this kind of drives that forward for me. That would also explain the relationship with her father. Yeah. That's that's an interesting thing too. Just to add it layer mm-hmm. to that apps absolutely so i mean we'll we'll see where that goes but i mean it's obvious that they're building up captain luther kind of like maybe week to week every other week they're slowly giving you a little something i, I love the connective tissue each episode has because they all tell their own stories they're all like I, I i would say they could be standalone like you could just watch any episode pretty much and get it mm-hmm. for the most part but they all have something that ties to a bigger plot line. Right. Whether it's the Morgan Edge thing or the stuff with Captain Luthor. And I, I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But Chris, where I want to think is just real quicker, because where I'm starting to maybe get the impression that it seems like for every person on our earth is kind of like a doppelganger on his earth. Mm-hmm. Are we gonna are we under the assumption that maybe there's a if there was a bad guy on his earth, that person's a good guy on our earth and kind of vice versa. Cause I still think that this Captain Luther guy is, is going to end up maybe helping out Superman in the end. I just don't know how he gets there. I I agree with you. Cause I'm feeling that way too, especially now that we're seeing more of the Morgan edge Kryptonian, whatever the hell that is right now. Yeah. I, I really think that's, that's going to be a thing too. At mm-hmm. some point they're both going to see the, like maybe, They'll both see the carnage of what's going on, and maybe I don't like you, but I need you. Right. But you know, another thing, we don't know if uh, Captain Luthor actually has powers. If I'm right, I don't think so. I think it was just a suit. I think out of the suit, he's just a guy. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't know how he would even be able to help. Be very Lex Luthorish, wouldn't it? Like you don't have to like me; you just have to help me. Right, and then you can go home or whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't have powers, which I don't think he does, unless I'm not remembering something. Right. That no, would... I, I don't think he does. I think it was the suit that kind of like enhances enhance him, I guess, in a way. So Yeah. So that would mean there's not much he could even do. Right. Just, you know, hand to hand. I mean, he's got a bunch of cool toys, but, you know, what is what is that going to do? So He broke one of his toys in this episode. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he broke the, his, his space Alexa. He just threw it. Space Alexa. Wow. Wow. Uh, Chris, another level tonight. You are on another <laughs> level tonight. So, but Chris, before I want to wrap up on our Superman and Lois review, I want to talk about that ending. Yeah, that was Which, interesting. That was something. That was something. I mean, obviously, Jordan gets the win. You know, he's like, okay, you know. <laughs> You didn't. You turned me down, but there's a little hope at the end. He's smiling. He can't wait to go home. He gets pummeled, Chris. Yeah, he. Uh, By he our threat me. from last week, we didn't even know was a threat. Nope, but he is now. He shows up in like an X Men costume and just beats the crap out of him in the woods. Yeah, Where, but he is he is under control now. Clearly, he's able to to harness his power. <laughs> Which, where did Superman take him then? Well, they said they took him to like a school or something. Sure wasn't the Xavier Institute of uh, 
<laughs> I mean, it is the ultimate. It, that would be the ultimate crossover. Yeah. And he was wearing a uniform that looked like an X-Men suit. Yeah. So, so possibly. Yeah, I mean, but that was just like, I was like watching that, Chris, and I was like, oh, my God. I'm just like, Jordan's just getting beat. And I'm like, and then the episode ends, and I was like, damn you, television writers. I was like, you would do that to me before a high age. You say, would do that to me. See how this ends in seven weeks. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was kind of annoying, actually. That was yeah. kind of annoying. Which is just a perfect segue to announce, Chris, that this is the last episode of Superman and Lois we're going to see for seven weeks. May 18th. Mark the date, fellas. <laughs> wow. That's going to be a rough seven-week wait time, Chris. I'm going to miss Superman. We are on such a Superman high right now, aren't we? We really are. And it, it like you said, it's nice every week to have content like this. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. And it's so good. It's consistent. There really aren't many lows. I, I don't think I've, we've picked on too much. I don't know if you've had a low, really. I don't think we've had a low. So I, I don't have a low in this episode, uh, I don't think. Uh, not really in this episode, but I know I have in some of the other ones. But it, it was never really a big deal. Like, I, I remember right. the painting scene I couldn't stand. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, I'm going to miss it. Yeah, yeah I'm going to miss it. It's going to be rough. But, you know, I mean, I would think that, you know, they're still going to be working on the show. So it's not like it's really going anywhere. It's just delays happen i mean i wish that it wasn't a seven week yeah i hate it but i mean i'm sure the show is going to come back stronger and it's it's just going to continue on this hype hopefully it doesn't kill the momentum that's only my my big fear is seven weeks is a long time to kind of go without uh showing your show so i don't know the anticipation might help it in a way that's true. like you've given us a taste of something we like now you're going to give us more okay and also, I wonder if, because I believe Supergirl will do its full season by the time Superman Lois comes back, mm-hmm. I, I think. And if that's the case, will the ending or does the ending of Supergirl impact Superman and Lois? And could that also explain some of the seven week delay? Because clearly from the trailer for the, <laughs> the return date, mm-hmm. they have stuff filmed. Of course, not the whole season, I guess, but mm-hmm. or finished anyway. So what do you think? Could that be a thing also? It could tie into uh, Supergirl for sure. That's actually, actually, the more I think about it, the more I think that that would be brilliant for them to do. So, because I mean, working some of that Lex Luthor stuff in there too. I mean, because I think considering it's Supergirl's last season, I think to have Superman back into the fold and that I think would kind of really, really make Supergirl kind of go out swinging on Swinging out high, I guess, for me. But, And who's to say that maybe Supergirl doesn't like return the favor and show up in Superman and Lois at the end? Maybe on May 18th. Who knows? Yeah. Which, I mean, which we're not talking about, too. I mean, there there could be, like, a super family that comes out of this that helps Clark in here. And he's clearly going to need help, so. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. He is going to need some assistance. Which could be a great way to utilize Supergirl. I wouldn't be against it. Everybody likes yeah. Supergirl. So there you go. But Chris, I think we touched on all of the bases uh, in both both Superman and Lois and Batwoman. Uh, but before we kind of plug our plug our stuff here, we do want to kind of announce that, yes, so Bat- Superman and Lois is going to be on a hiatus. And that means that we have to find something to fill in the Superman gap, Chris. Because, I mean, so Batwoman is obviously going to keep running its course, at least after episode nine, we're... <laughs> We're taking it week week to week, but there will be an episode nine of Batwoman uh, season two. But we're actually thinking, I know, Chris, you and I have been talking where uh, you haven't seen Superman, the movie, Superman 78. Correct. I have not seen it. So we may do one of the Christopher Reeve Superman films. We may do Superman Returns. We may do an animated Superman movie. uh, But we're still talking about it. But if you guys really want us to talk about a certain Superman movie, Tweet us at Vigilante1939 or tweet at one of us personally once we leave our plugs and we will, we're going to talk about that because there's a lot of content <laughs> we can milk out for seven weeks. So we'll get through all of it, but it'll be a journey, Chris. 
Yeah, between the live action, because I haven't seen any of those Reeves movies. So I, you know, any of them, what is there, four of them, right? Like, there's four of them. So that, that's four weeks. And then there's all the animated stuff. And I, I've seen a lot of the animated ones. So it'll mm-hmm. be fun. We'll, we'll make up the difference. As, and if Batwoman goes on hiatus, which I'm assuming it will at some point, yeah. we'll, we'll supplement that too. Nice, nice. But there you go. So those, that's going to be this latest installment of World's Finest. Thank you, everybody, for listening and for tuning in, as you've always been doing. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at Vigilante1939. Uh, feel free to head over to Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Consider leaving us a rating and a review. It really does help the show. And we're obviously we're available on wherever you listen to your podcast. That includes Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. We're everywhere and we're happy to be everywhere. So, and we do have a uh, T public store where you can uh, go buy yourself some merchandise. And that's all I'm going to say on that matter. So, but Chris, before we get on out of here, please tell everybody where they can find you and what you got going on. Sure. You guys could find me at that Chris Evan zero on Twitter. I do a lot of comic reviews for the let's go podcast, which you should also be following. It's a good time. <laughs> uh, this week I've got a review for the new detective comics and the brand new Harley Quinn book. And I'll also have a written review for Batwoman, I suppose. Nice. Yeah, if you do want to hear more of Chris's thoughts, please go check out his Batwoman uh, review. They really are always a joy to me, at least coming from <laughs> me personally. So, uh, But you can follow me on Twitter at PapaZ underscore 95. I'm at somebody's favorite letterbox at Zeddy Films. All my written film and TV reviews on the let's or over at letsgopodcast.com. That includes Superman and Lois and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, please go follow the other two co uh, other two podcasts that I uh, co host Let's Go Marquee with Dinko Caruso and The Hitch with Emmett Davis. So I'm literally everywhere and I'm happy to be everywhere if you're not sick of hearing my voice already. So, but. There's always going to be room for the world's finest, Chris. There's always going to be room for the world's finest. So thank you again, Chris. This was an an incredible installment. Uh, Hopefully next week's Batwoman follows up. Um, Hopefully it will. Hopefully it will. And then we'll see what we uh, talk about next week on the Superman side. So, but till next week, for Chris Evans, my name is Nick Zanuck. As Michael Keaton's Batman always says, I want you to tell your friends about me. (laughs) 